new director for the Indiana State Department of Agriculture. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is the Hoosier Ag Today podcast for the second day of March. Good Thursday morning. I've got the latest Indiana farm news, weather, and market analysis on the way, brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Learn more online at ffbt.com. We have a report on the new director for ISDA coming up. Also, fine-tuning your fertility program, why you might want to get some experts involved this year. We have the Indiana Farm Forecast with Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin on the way. And finally, a bit of a rebound for the grain markets. Market analysis from EFG Group's Steve Erdman coming up here on the Hat Podcast. The news is next. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. A new director for ISDA and fine-tuning your fertility program. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Governor Holcomb announced Wednesday a new director for the Indiana State Department of Agriculture. We are excited about Don Lamb being the director of agriculture. And that's Indiana Farm Bureau President Randy Crone, who says he can't wait to get to work with new director Don Lamb, a farmer from Lebanon. He's a farmer. He understands agriculture. I think he understands the breadth of agriculture and what it means to this great state. And when I think about him, you know, the experience that he's had, well-rounded, served on county council in Boone County, and a lot of different leadership roles that he served in. So we're excited to have him sitting at the table, making sure agriculture's viewpoints are heard from a real farmer. Lamb is a member of the Advisory Council for the Indiana Agricultural Law Foundation. Lamb will be stepping down as Vice President of the Boone County Council and Policy Chair of the Boone County Farm Bureau Board to assume his position with ISDA. Crone says Lamb has held a number of leadership positions within Indiana Farm Bureau over the years. It's great to see somebody that's gone through different leadership courses or training and then arrive at a position like the director. And like I said earlier, he is well qualified. And, you know, just having a farmer there, making sure farmers across the state have their viewpoint presented or talked about around the table is going to be critical. And, you know, I, I am confident. I'm excited about it. And I know he's going to do a great job for agriculture. Lamb takes over the role that was previously held by Bruce Kettler, who left ISDA to become president and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana in January. He'll officially begin his new role on March 13th. Our C.J. Miller will have more with Lamb tomorrow here on Hoosier Ag Today. If it's time for soil tests on your farm, consider having an expert help interpret the results so you can fine-tune your fertility program this year. Andy Eubank has details. Reed Abbott, an agronomist with AgroLiquid, says the need for expert input became clear with the many issues last year. One of the things I think guys learned is they needed to turn to an expert to take a look at their soil tests, take a look at what products have the best, most uh, reliable research 
across a, a broad spectrum of different situations and, and geographies and, and be able to make that balanced uh, fertility recommendation for their crop and, and get the most return on investment. Abbott says a soil test is the best baseline you give yourself for an individual field and the whole farm. I like to take mine either in the fall or early spring. I, I recommend guys just stay consistent, whatever works best for them you know, take a fall soil test, try to get that baseline, understand what our nutrient balance needs to be. I mean, I feel like we we do a very good job of reading that soil test, understanding where a guy needs to spend his next dollar so he can get a maximum return on investment on that dollar. He adds it appears some of last year's challenges could be present again this year. So might it be time to look at the liquid fertilizer options at his company? We understand that guys aren't necessarily experts at soil fertility or, or different fertilizer programs, but we here at AgriLiquid, we do feel like we have a good knowledge base. We understand how our products work, how other products work, how that whole soil system works. The AgriLiquid supply for 23 should be good. We've maintained a very good supply, uh, and I, I think that we will continue to, to maintain a very good supply going through the 2023 year. I mean, there's obviously challenges, and we, we encourage all of our guys to be taking a look at those markets, but I think we've positioned ourselves well. More at their website, and we have a link at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Andy Eubank. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We have a significant storm complex that's going to be moving towards us tomorrow. Today, it looks like the calm before the storm. Generally speaking, we have a mix of clouds and sunshine across the Hoosier State. Temperatures are mild. Another very nice day overall. Let's talk about the weather system that's headed towards us. Low pressure kicks out of eastern Oklahoma across Arkansas and Missouri as we move through the overnight tonight. That is going to start to push moisture into southwest Indiana, probably starting near midnight, maybe just after. And then it moves across the rest of the state through the rest of the morning hours and all day tomorrow. One to two and a half inches of rain is what I'm looking at, but I am looking at all rain at this point. The track of low pressure is going to be far enough west, moving through uh, Missouri, western Illinois, and then starting to turn east once we get it over the southern tip of Lake Michigan. That track puts all rain in Indiana, but we also see snow farther north in Michigan. Snow totals could be significant there if you're planning on traveling to the north. This moisture is going to be done in Indiana by about midnight on Friday night, and we then start to see some clearing going into Saturday. We're colder for the weekend for sure, but we're not brutally cold at this point. Temperatures near normal, maybe even still a degree or two above, but we are colder for Saturday and Sunday with partly to mostly sunny skies. Overnight Sunday night, we do see some clouds trying to drift across the Great Lakes region. A minor disturbance will bring some scattered rain shower action to southern lower Michigan, and I won't rule out a morning rain shower Monday the 6th in northern Indiana. However, once we get into the afternoon, we turn out partly sunny. Your Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday period next week, mostly dry chilly i think as we see warm air and cold air trying to battle it out but we don't have a major cold snap during that period and then i'm gearing up for a late week surge of colder air out of canada canadian high pressure sliding southward for friday saturday and sunday if we're going to be getting chilly at all it's going to be in that period where we can be a good five to seven degrees below normal for this time of year 
Overall, though, it's good that we see the last significant rains that were happening here coming this weekend. All of next week should allow for that moisture to work down through a soil profile. We get chilly, so that may give a little bit of freezing to our soils at the surface level next week, Friday, Saturday. But I think it'll be a very shallow freeze, and we still see moisture move pretty good through the soil profile. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day -day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. A turnaround for the grain markets. This is Hoosier Ag Today's Wednesday Foreign Market Review. I'm C.J. Miller. This review brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct, the only independent seed company at Commodity Classic. Call them for upfront corn, soybean, wheat, alfalfa, and herbicide pricing. With grain market analysis, it's time to check in with Steve Erdman with the EFG Group in Chicago. A turnaround for the grain markets on Wednesday after several straight days of sell-offs. Steve, what led to the turnaround that we saw this first of March? I think there's a couple of things that the trade's focusing on right now, CJ. And I think it appears that with ocean freight rates popping a little bit, that China is coming back to the market and showing us some demand. And I think that's one of the issues that I think has been troubling the market on the sell-off is that all the saber rattling that's going on, the new China commission that was held last night in a bipartisan way, um, I think all of this is making the, the grain trade a little nervous. You know, they're they're just not sure that we're going to keep our best customer, our best grain customer happy. And I think that's some of the disruption that we were seeing with the sell-off. So I think if you looked at spreads, March corn was up 11, May corn is up 5.5. Bean spreads were also relatively strong. Um, there's still some selling in the new crop, but I think the wheat market was able to stabilize a little bit and pop due to, you know, more verbiage coming out of uh, Russia and talking about how they want to see their exports treated the same way that Ukraine's exports are being treated. So they don't want to be impacted in their fertilizer and their grain shipments by some of the sanctions that we've put on, you know, some of their financial machinery, so to speak. So I think those two things are really the catalyst, I think, for the short covering and, and people coming back to the bull spreads. Steve, are there any new developments concerning the soybean crop out of Brazil and Argentina? Well, the trade is thinking that Argentina is still is suffering and we could be less than 30 million metric tons now. We did see a story yesterday afternoon talking about how Sino Grain was uh, shifting some of their bean purchases that they had made from Argentina to Brazilian origin because Brazilian origin is cheaper now. So that was part of the catalyst for the sell-off that they thought they were washing out those trades and basically canceling the trades. And that's why we took the dive yesterday. And now that they think that it's just switching origin, it's not as onerous as what the thoughts were yesterday. So the crop continues to shrink in Argentina from inclement weather. The Brazilian crop that continues to move, harvest is moving right along, and they're slowly but surely able to get their second season corn crop. But they are still having some problems, you know, in terms of getting too much rain in some of the major producing areas. So 
it's delaying their planting, and they think eventually that could affect their yields to a degree. Once again, Steve Erdman with the EFG Group in Chicago. Settlements from Wednesday, May corn up five and a half at six thirty-five and three quarters. July corn at six twenty-five and three quarters, three and a half higher. May beans climbing fifteen and a quarter to fourteen ninety-four and a quarter. July beans up fifteen at fourteen eighty-four and a half. And May wheat gaining four and a half to seven ten. In the livestock markets, April live cattle thirty-five cents lower at one sixty-five twelve, and April lean hogs falling twenty-two cents to end the day at eighty-four ninety-five. And that's your Wednesday farm market review for your Thursday. Who's your Ag Today podcast? Brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust for Andy Eubank, Eric Pfeiffer, and Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network.